Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to You Are Okay, powered by Blog Talk Radio. My name is Bob, and Maram, our co-host, is with us this morning. Good morning, Mara. How are you? I'm doing very well. Good morning, Bob, and good morning to all of you. Thank you for joining us for our time with God this morning, with love. Yes, thank you for being here. We we have an appointment every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time, where we have what we call our appointment with love. That's our appointment with, we call love, is what the word that we use for God, La, the mysterious, eternal one, the divine one. So it's yes. just love, many faces of God that world today. Exactly. And part of the reason we use the word love is it kind of softens your image or your vision of, uh, of you and your behavior and of what you're experiencing in life. And it redirects, uh, on some level, it redirects the energy of the moment back to the place where you have the power base yourself. You know, I always uh, I say to my friends, I say, you know, when I say love, damn it, that's a message to me. Yep, it sure is, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. It sure is. And we're listening is. to Anil's Be Still Thy Soul. We try to do that as our start-in because it's beautiful. And also, for those of you who weren't part of Firing the Grid in July a year ago, uh, this particular song was one of the ones that uh, the master of the program, the master of ceremonies, and I wish I recall her name at this moment, I don't, uh, was drawn to um, in association with that everybody sat down at precisely the same moment around the world and for at least an hour perhaps an hour and a half we all sat there but I believe it was one hour and we all sat there and sent love to the world to the universe to our our brothers and sisters it was beautiful especially beautiful sitting there with my big Langling puppy of a grandson who was 13 who got up at 4 in the morning to sit with me. Oh. oh so, how is so or this? I guess it's not really Sacramento anymore where you're at. We. It's Calusa now. I'm, I'm north of Sacramento, sitting in the pits, the middle of a giant mosquito infestation. I think it's because I, I, I ask all the spiders to go outdoors, and the mosquitoes have decided it's safer to come inside. So um, it's wonderful. Oh my gosh, it's truly wonderful. I am blessed. I haven't feel, said it. If I feel the fall in the air here in Austin, several nights we've um, well we've had a couple uh, occasions to be outside over the last week with couple happy hours for work and then night just sitting out by backyard and it, and it wasn't so hot that you didn't want to be out there and a little bit of a crispness in the air that indicates that fall is on its way and it's just so nice to feel that clean crispness outside. Let me feel that through osmosis. It was 105 here yesterday. Oh. <laughs> wow. I know. <laughs> Barbecue, isn't it? I'm sorry, what did you say? Isn't that unseasonably warm for you? I don't know if it's unseasonably warm. Um, I always tell people when they complain about 105 that I recall that in the days, and it could be this was just pregnancy delusion too. I'm not going, I should go back and check before I say this on the air. Please don't hold me to this, folks, if I'm wrong. But my recollection is that in the days preceding my daughter's um, birth, my oldest daughter's birth, uh, 37 years ago, oh my goodness, uh, it was 117. And, and on the day she was born, it was 117, which was August 17, 1971. So that's a pretty warm uh, opening. <laughs> you know? And so I don't know if this is unseasonable. I don't think so. I think we've had actually an unseasonably cool um, summer here in Northern California. It's been in the low 90s. We've had times when it was in the 80s. Um, 
actually very pleasant. Uh, I made a joke to someone. It was like we were living in in San Diego. You know, San Diego has perpetual 365 days a year of perfect climate. And um, now and everybody will have... that's not just the tourism board saying that either. <laughs> that's not just what? The tourism board. <laughs> no, no. I mean, my gosh, it's just amazing. I've been there. Oh, it is. It's just exquisite. And uh, so, I don't know. I think our weather is probably fairly normal, maybe 105. I don't know that we're moving into, uh, I think we start having, of course, I'm not a weather person. I wish Rudy, he could answer that question for you. I think probably in October, we start cooling down. You know, we can really expect a cool down. Uh, But our cool, for many people, is not cool at all. And I don't think others. that's what we think about when we think of Northern California, right? That it's yes. that it's so warm because mm-hmm. we think it's worse mm-hmm. and it's going to be cooler. But yeah, I you know we do. I will growing up here. We are we're, we're talking, folks. Hello out there. <laughs> growing up in Whittier, California, which is uh, for. Most of you too are too young to know is the home of Richard Nixon, who was at one time the President of the United States. The only one that I know resigned. Um, he um, in Whittier, the climate was much closer to San Diego. Was very, very, very nice. And um, so, as a consequence, uh, when the first time I came to Northern California in the winter, I had to get a winter coat. I got a winter coat, very similar to probably what people in Chicago wear. <laughs> Because I thought I was coming up to a really cold, cold place. And now as an adult and having lived all over the United States since that time, uh, I've come to know, actually, and before that time, but I was young. I did. I was very young when I lived in Ohio. Uh, I've come to know that uh, ours is really a mild winter in comparison to Chicago. Even oh, though the people at, Yeah. Sure. <laughs> anyway... You should call in if you want to talk about the weather in California or anything else, 646 <laughs> uh, 646-595-3584. Uh, not quite sure how we got on to the weather, I guess. You know, the weather has really been in the uh, been a big topic this week topic. with, oh, with yeah. the hurricanes, and I think there's another one out there, Ike, that's over... Um, the Grand Turks, I believe. Um, oh. So we just want to send love and send um, prayers to all of those who have been affected by the hurricane and, and just to be very thankful that, you know, it wasn't Katrina again and that, that we were spared, you know, as much as we were by oh, absolutely. Absolutely. the damage you know, that, could, that could have been. So, you know, it's looking optimistically at something that that could have been you know, that I think most people are looking at in a pessimistic way. And we need to also look at these things with a loving heart, my friends. Um, I I was so troubled when I heard people when Gustav was coming in and and the damage was estimated to be just at the storm of the century. That's what everyone was saying. And for any of you who are familiar with some of the storms of the century for that Gulf Coast, region, um, Galveston was completely almost destroyed by a storm of the century uh, in, I believe it was in 1911. And so when we're talking about a storm of the century, I suddenly, and I'm not in Texas, although I've lived there, my heart just got very frightened, very, very, very frightened. And then I started hearing what I consider to be the doomsday mongers, people talking about how uh, those people who are so direly affected by these these effects of nature somehow have done something that have incurred God's wrath. And, oh, my heart just broke. And uh, I think that we need to be very careful not to get caught up in judging other people as less worthy. Because, folks, the one thing Bob and I are about, besides the weather today, is that uh, everyone is worthy in God's eyes. Every single human being is worthy. 
I think in the past they tried to pick up or catch on the idea of, of redemption, and man has taken that and magnified fear with it. The concept being that in, if you're in this moment and the moment before you or many moments before this one, we're not perfect, we're not ideal, we're not in all ways exemplary of love or of your highest self, you still have room for redemption of, of starting fresh right now in this moment. And suddenly, redemption is held out as something that's only available after life. And people uh, will face some sort of dread judgment, and both in their lives now and um, after life. And it's not like that, my friends. It's not like that at all. You know, there are human influences on the weather. I'm not going to say we're having more hurricanes because we're not living ecologically wise, but I am saying to you that hurricanes don't hit uh, Florida. They don't hit uh, Louisiana. They don't hit Mississippi because somehow the people are morally lacking. It's just not that way. And they don't drown Galveston because it might have been a play city. All the people from Galveston will kill me for saying that. So uh, please, friends, as we join our prayers today, and we will in a little while, uh, for the weather and prayers that the weather not harm others, we recognize that um, this is not not about moral morality. Uh, God isn't picking spots. The people in Somalia aren't starving because somehow they're, they're less than in God's eyes. Maybe they're starving because we're not sending money. That's right. So many times you hear people placing blame on, on, you know, areas that, you know, they were hit by a typhoon or they were hit by a hurricane or tornadoes came through the Midwest and, you know, took out a city. And and we, you know, so many times people like to liken those situations to Sodom and Gomorrah. And it's just so... Ugh, so hard on my ears when someone even you know says something like that it's why do we why do we put that blame out there or try to make people feel guilty and yeah. saying that you know it's god's wrath coming back or disease for you know people saying you know that diseases are out there for that same reason to oh, god, to yeah. kill off a certain race or a certain type of person or anything mm-hmm. like that just such hate, hateful things that people espouse out there, and that's what we're here to share. Is that no, it's it's about love. It's about caring and being compassionate. That's the the main title of our show is compassion, and more than just saying hey, I'm thinking about these people, is getting up and doing something about it and acting on your compassion. Today's topic exactly. is going to be: I did my best, so why do I feel like a failure? And I think you know we can we can when we talk about this in a little while it's it's interesting that you know we we on so many levels that we do this to ourselves, thinking that we're a failure in you know in, in a personal level in a in a group scenario or in in even a bigger group scenario so to speak, and we need to stop doing that, but we'll get to that in a little bit. I just wanted to remind everyone that on Friday mornings that Mara does a guided meditation. And the meditation for this week is uniquely created with a divinely inspired mission. You are special. And that's day 21. Would you have anything to add to that? You know, I felt... Uh, moved as we were talking. It's interesting uh, how s- the synchronicity of some aspects of our lives, Bob. As we were talking, I went. I before you ever mentioned day twenty-one, I thought in my mind, we need to read day twenty-one right now because it's a reminder once again that everyone is worthy, everyone is special, everyone is important. And and we basically are carving, if we are looking for judgment, and I don't believe there is judgment, but if we are looking for judgment, it I think comes if you're looking for it, you can find it. 
Exactly, exactly. And it comes in those moments when we are thinking of someone as less than, which makes us superior. We set up a standard that they haven't satisfied that we have. That's inevitable in judgment. We've met the standard they haven't. And um, I wanted to share with you today's passage or this week's passage that the people who listen to the program will be meditating to. And it's there's, if you have the book, and I'm not pushing the book. I'll send it to you by uh, email if you want it. You can look on our tagline, mkwlawfirm at aol.com. Uh, put uniquely me, and I'll send you a copy of the book for free. Uh, I wish I could hand it out and mail them to everybody. Anyway, there's a little image. There's a blank picture here, and it says, Draw your divine self here. And and I, I know that in some popular faith, your divine self is um, someone who is um, judging. And my friends, I would dare to suggest that's why you feel like such a failure. Because you are trying to aspire to an ever-elusive standard of perfection. When you get to where you think you're supposed to be, there's something more set out there that you need to accomplish. And that's why we see people who are reaching out far beyond their, their, their time available to show how great they are and are sacrificing themselves. So uniquely created with a divinely inspired mission, you are special. You are Understanding and accepting that you are meant to be you is a challenge each human being faces daily. Not someone who's meeting some artificial standard set by someone else, but who you are. That it's okay to roll over and go back to sleep in the morning. We see what we are not. The divine one, love, sees what we are. Have faith in the vision Love and you shared for you before you were you. Know there's something for you to do here, folks. And it doesn't mean striving to be perfect and then in order to ensure that you feel perfect, judging others who haven't reached your plateau. And as a consequence, inherent in the judgment of them is the shifting of your standard and the belief that you are not enough, that you're a failure. So, Bob, do you want to center us, my darling? Yes. I think that's a very good segue to doing our centering and breathing exercise. Let's all just sit quietly. Try to push everything out of your mind. Relax. Take in some light low breast as we do our centering exercise and kind of focus on that center portion of your head in between your two eyes. Focus on your third eye there. And there is a seed in you that is your center. It is your spiritual center and is the place where your love sprouts and grows. It lies in the heart in the deepest place of your being where love is never ending. It is the place where love can find protection love can find its root, love can find its wings to grow. This is your This is the place in you that holds heart with harmony. This is the place in which you matter. From your heart you are centered. For in a green growing love, love starts with finds its on you. Love loves you. Love spreads to your neighbors, to the world. For love you are centered in the wonder of love. Again, that's from Janelle Moon, How to Pray Without Being Religious. And let's move into our breathing exercise as we're sitting there now focusing on our head. Let's, let's today take in some deep breaths, filling up your lungs as full as you can get them. And as you're taking that breath in, pull that air in through your forehead and into your lungs and feel it going out through your limbs and as you push that air back out of your body push all thoughts of negativity anything negative that you may have had in your week in your last push that out 
through the bottom of your feet and push that back into the earth. Or push that out and feel the air as it comes through the top of your forehead and pulling it in, pushing it out and all of the energy, all of the negative energy down the back of your spine and back into the earth. Take in a deep breath, pulling that air in, is filling up those lungs as much as you can, almost until you just are kind of gasping and can't even bring more air in. Then let's let that air out together. energy into your body, all negativity, letting it feel like a wash, as if you're being washed up from the inside out and all negativity is drawn out of your body and positive energy is making you feel rejuvenated, renewed, refreshed, making you feel clean and ready to loving energy out to your neighbors everyone in the universe. Let us sit for a couple moments, taking in deep breaths, blow the air from our lungs, all of that air that may be there, and feeling fresh and renewed and crisp. Let's just, for a few moments, will lead us in a prayer. morning, my friends. Let us reach our right arms out. And as we do, I'd like you to feel the energy that you have created within your body, the positive, divine transfusion that has gone through you as love has released and joined with your breath, releasing the negativity and joining with the positive, divine energy that is within you. Feel that energy, and now let's imagine it going down our right arm. As you open your right palm to join with the left palm of others. Now, let's feel the circle of love that we are creating going around this planet leaving room for those who are not here now, but will come later. We feel this band of energy, feel it circling our planet. And now I would like you to take the combined energy, the combined love of all of the participants in our circle, and I want you to feel your heart opening, your heart chakra, and the giant, giant bolt, a beacon of love light comes out of you. Now, as we go through today, we're going to be encouraging you to hold on to that beacon and start having that be your persona, sending forth love and light into situations, choosing not to get caught up in the judgment the chaos, the pain, the suffering, but instead being part of a new dawn, a dawn of believing that we are all enough. And now I would like you to imagine those beacons lighting the skies. And then as our beacons join together, Celebrating love. Let us send love forth to those who are affected by the weather, 
whether it be 105 days when people cannot afford to power air conditioners, whether it be storms of such magnificence that they are labeled the storms of the century, whether it be rain and floods, whether it be earthquakes, which is earth movement, no matter how Mother Nature is affecting our planet, let us send love and support and caring energy. Let us be the spark of energy from this beacon of love that is coming out from us that will inspire someone to keep holding on, to believe that there is hope ahead, to know that they are valuable to love, that they are treasured and important, so that whether they live or they pass, they live in that glorious moment of realization that they are enough no matter what has happened in their lives. They are valued. They are treasured. Let us forgive judgment and let us aspire to be all we can be in all that we do at all times. Knowing that we are connected one to the other. And as you lead forth, as you go forth, lead with your beacon of love from your heart. Believe that there is an option in how you see things. Be light, my friends. Be light not because you are ridiculing those who are feeling, but instead because you are embracing them and promising them that there is more. Be a living testimony that we are loved, that we are connected, that we are valued. Let your presence in the room be a new dawn. Let's listen for just a moment to the closing of The Dawn by Lisa Lynn and George Tortorelli. The Dawn. Namaste, my Bless you, Bob. Thank you. Feel the promise of this music, and that promise is in you. You are an agent of change. You are listening to our program. You are drawn to our program. Because... It has a message in it that will help you remember the you that you agreed to be when love and you shared what you expected to do in this life. Namaste. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, and it's so important, folks, to remember every day to say thank you, even if it's just when you get up in the morning, say thank you for for today. No matter what yes. it brings, no matter what the circumstances are, thank you for today. Thank you for yesterday. Thank you for everything. It just makes you feel so much better to get up in the morning and say thank you, and even to do the same thing at night before you go to sleep is just say thank you. Even if it doesn't seem that there's too much to be thankful for that day, that could be worse. So just remember to always be thankful. The topic today, I did my best, so why do I feel like a failure? And I'd like to invite callers to join us this morning or this afternoon. Depends where you are. Could be tomorrow. Uh, the phone number, that's the power of blog talk radio, that we're able to be heard all over the world. It's, the world is 
such a small place, such a small place. So if you would please give us a call, we'd love to talk to you. Our number is 646-595-3584. Call in to talk about anything, about love, about doing your best and still feeling like a failure or you know, whatever it is that's on your mind today, give us a call and we'd be glad to share with you. I was um, drawn to, as as both Mara and I are, many times we're drawn to um, Paramahansa Yogananda and his writings and teachings. And I went to a, one of the, he has a lot of little books. And what I mean by little books is they fit in the palm of your hand and they're um, packed full of great things. And this one is called uh, Why God Permits Evil and How to Rise Above It. And Ooh, wow. And this lovely section, title. Yeah, isn't it? And yeah. I you know, it really goes with, you know, I, I failed and why you know, why do I why why do I feel like such a failure when I've done my best when I know that I've done everything I can. And I was kind of just drawn to this little section here. It's called Watch Yourself from the Balcony of Introspection. And he says, there is so much more to life than what you think. Since everything earthly seems so real, how much more so must be reality that creates this unreal reality. But the unreal reality makes you forget the real. God wants you to remember that you wouldn't mind this earth if it were like a motion picture. Even if the brittle bones of the body break, you would say, well, look at those broken bones, and not feel any disturbance or suffering. You can say that when you are anchored in the divine consciousness. No, you can say that when you are anchored in divine consciousness. You will make fun of your habits, and you will be intensely amused at your distinguishing characteristics, as from the balcony of introspection you watch yourself perform in this motion picture of life. I do that all the time. When you know this world to be God's lila, his play, then you aren't upset by the contrast in this drama of good and evil. In a dream, you can behold rich people, poor people, someone strong, someone else groaning with disease, someone dying and someone being born. But when you wake up, you realize that it was only a dream. This universe is God's dream. And when I asked him, why do you not dream only beautiful dreams? You why must your play be fraught with nightmares? He replies, you must be able to enjoy both the nightmares and the beautiful experiences for what they are, dreams, only dreams. But if you dream only beautiful dreams, you will be drowned in that beauty and never wish to wake up. That is the answer. So you must not be frightened when nightmares come, but say, Lord, it is a passing dream. It has no reality. And when you are smiling with health and happiness, say, Lord, it is a beautiful dream, but do what you like with my dreams of life. When you are neither touched by the nightmares of disease and suffering and worries, nor bound up by the beautiful dream, then God says, wake up now, come back home. Yes. Wow. Take the good and the bad, see the good and the bad, don't. Think that you're a failure when you've tried your best. Embrace the now. Exactly. Live in the moment. Live in the moment. So easy to say, so hard to do, but if you try to live in the moment, the the more you try, the easier it gets. It's kind of, you know, like practice. It takes practice to to live in the moment. We too many times let the chaos and the whirlwind around us in our daily lives make us not look at look at the right now, right now, and we look at, you know, dwell on things in the past and things that where we felt that we were a failure and we forget that, you know, that's over. Let's move on. And we also forget to be thankful for the things that where we didn't fail. When we did succeed, we oftentimes say, yes, all right, we did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we for, we forget about those much easier than we forget about our failures. So look back and if you can't live in the moment at that time, think back on things that were positive in your life where where you did, where you succeeded, not where yes. you failed. Yes. You know, when I um, 
I, I think we all get uh, periodically step off of the path of peace into chaos. It's part of the human species, you know, experience, I believe. And I'm, I think that I've said this before, and I don't mean to be redundant, but there's a certain, it interests me. Some Sundays I think, Lord, why do you want us to keep talking? Haven't we said these things before? Because I notice there's, there's a commonality in our message, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And yet I think we do need to, to say them over and over for those who choose to listen again and again, like us because we grow from these, and also for those who happen by for the first time. But uh, I will say that when I step off into the chaos, I have come to find that there is a simple little question that will bring me peace. It will take me, I remember where my peace is, and that question is, love, what lessons are there in this for me? In other words, teach me and teach me those lessons. And by that simple thought, by that simple thought, I I can't believe it. Every time I step back into, okay, this is just the moment. It's just something happening right now. Let me grow from it and let me move on. And not let me cling to it and hold on to it. Let me learn that lesson. Let me get that lesson. Yeah. Learn it. And maybe have to relearn it. We don't always yeah. we don't always oh, remember. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Over and over and over. Right. Well, there's, so, there's a lot to be said for renewal. It's, yeah. We sometimes it's, have to learn the same lesson over and over and over again and it's and we shouldn't judge ourselves for that. It's, it's human nature. It's who we are. It's yeah. where we're at at that time, and that's okay. I, You know, when we were talking before the program, and we do talk to before the program, some days about the topic, some days not. Uh, lately, a lot about Tibet, which is where we're going, and maybe some point we'll have to talk about that too. Uh, I said to you that I did not have a um, a quote and then as you were reading uh, Paramahasa Yogananda, I, um, I remembered I did have a quote that I had read just this morning, and I'd like to share it. It is uh, from Journey to the Center by Matthew Flickstein, S-T-E-I-N, that may be Stein. However he pronounces it, I respect that. And the quote is, realize that the journey to the center takes place within your own mind. Mm-hmm. I thought, wow. And I, I do believe that that fits right on point. I have had um, also, I had, we, what we did talk about was kind of funny, uh, but not funny. My, my father had, um, my dad, I call him dad, had a recent uh, illness that was very frightening for him. My mom has been in the hospital periodically, over the last several years, three to four times a year. And so it's something that uh, you come to just accept. You know, she's, she's, although she's healthy, we come, I come from stock that lives to be over 100 years old, and I have no doubt that they both may do this. But my dad doesn't go to the hospital, and my dad recently was in the hospital. And for, um, I think, two or three days he had pneumonia, and it scared him. It really scared him. And my mom yesterday was talking with me about it because my dad's a little bit different now than he used to be, a little more hesitant. We have and a caller. Can you hold your can we hold the story for a moment? Absolutely. Let me put the caller on the air. Good point. Hello, welcome to Block Talk Radio. You are okay. Hello. Hello Maureen Bob. How are you, my friend? Well, Good hello, morning, Brian. Brian. How are you? Good to see you. Wonderful. Good to hear you. Good, uh, good. Good to hear you guys, too. Uh, wonderful message you guys are spreading, obviously, as always. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Brian uh, is on uh, Blog Talk Radio as Nara Narayana. It's N-A-R-A, 
uh, hyphen, N-A-R-A-Y-A-N-A, and he is going to be our co-host for the next two programs while Bob is in Ethiopia. We'll have to have Bob talk a bit about his uh, upcoming trip to Africa. Um, I was anyway. The point of my story, and I'm just going to finish it, and then uh, I'd like to have you say uh, what you would like to share with us, uh, Brian. Is my mom said my dad needed to remember to get back into the moment. That his fears were keeping him out of the moment, and it concerned her because if he thought he was dying, he was. So out of the mouth, out of the mouth of my mom, <laughs> you know, if he thought he was dying, he was. Now, granted, we all know we all are dying, but if you start putting your mind on it, and that brings us back to Paramahasa Yogananda, he decided when he was going to die, and he died at that moment. He told everybody, and he did. And his body is still perfectly formed. Anyway, Brian, do you have something to share on our topic today? I do, and it's such a wonderful one. Um, Thank you. You know, it's exactly right. Um, Just like what uh, what he was saying, uh, Yogananda, and then Mm -hmm. um, your story you just gave us with your father, and even the the quote you gave us where you said it's in our minds. it's, it, it really is just that way. And it's like Bob was, was saying, that, you know, he he chooses not to have that be true for him. And just like what you, what you were saying with your father, is if he thinks he's dying physically in the body, then that is what he's doing. Because mm-hmm. just like Yogananda said in that quote, this is all just a dream. And you get to choose through our free will which dream you want to dream. Right, we're we're the masters of our dream. We're the ones Indeed. that, you know, the power of attraction. You're attracting what you're thinking about, even you know, just using negative words. That you could you can pull that, pull what you're talking about and thinking about to you without even realizing it at times. Mhm. Yes. And yes. So this is actually a conversation I was having yesterday on my show, was that, you know, I, I, I get I get a lot of from people uh, every now and then talking about, you know, there's a spiritual war going on or, you know, which side are you, do you want to be on? And I just tell them, there is no side to be on. There's just yes. what I choose. And whatever yes. anybody else chooses, no matter what it is, is fine. Because I know yes. that this body is not me. And so it doesn't matter if we, you know, if, if we lay down our, our weapons and, and move on to, you know, living a happy dream or if someone press, presses the button and there's nuclear war. It's all fine because that's what they chose to do. And I agreed to come, and that's the thing, and that's another point I wanted to make, was that we agreed to come down here. We wanted to come down here for the fun of it, for the experience of the whole thing. And so when you can realize that it was just your choice to come here to see what life was like in a physical body, and it's not who you truly are, then love it for exactly what it is because it's a gift to you from God to be able to experience that. Yes, yes. I agree. I agree. Uh, I think that, to me, is what uh, what that passage at the very end of the this week's meditation, uh, have faith in the vision the Divine One in you shared for you before you were you. Yes. You know, uh, that... Uh, I think that we so often uh, our success is defined by grand images, uh, perfect uh, processes, um, life uh, that is uh, all, all in its place, for want of a better word. And it may be that all of those things are, are important for comfort for us in, in, as the being that we are, but that the mark we will make is for some simple little thing that we do. You know, uh, I'm trying to think, darn, and you know what, I should be, 
it's an American history moment, uh, and, and here I can't remember it, so I'm not going to go into it, but there's actually a man who's known for his silver, but for our country, and I used to teach history, so I'm embarrassed I don't remember, but my mind has moved away from historical figures, I think. For us, he's known for, for uh, saying, the British are coming, the British are coming. So who is it, guys? Paul Revere. Paul Revere. Paul Revere, you can actually buy Paul Revere silver. It's very, very fine silver work. But for, so one small, do you see what I'm saying? It, it, it was a blip on the screen. That's a blip on the screen compared to to what he really had invested his life, the way he had defined his box, the way he had set himself up for perfection. And uh, so who knows what small thing we might do, what simple courtesy we might extend that would change the shape of the world forever, ever. Indeed. If, if, um, what's coming to mind is if the, if the little things in life that count the most. Yeah. Yeah. Share that smile with the person as you walk along the street. Say hello. Say thank you for, the, for the, the simplest things, just carrying your groceries or whatever it might be. Just simply thank the person and, and mean it from your heart. And that alone right there is a gift. Of, of, I agree. Of, Wonderful proportions goes beyond anything you can imagine for that person. Yeah, it's leading with that beacon of love from your heart instead of uh, being worried about not being perfect, about not doing exactly or precisely the right thing in the right moment. Uh, You know, I I plan two weddings for two daughters, um, one a stepdaughter, and in both instances they were purely splendid, magnificent events that took months to plan, months to plan. And yet for each one of those girls, they know more what didn't occur than what did. And for each person who attended, uh, they, they saw the total effect. I guess it's kind of like going to a stage play. Do you notice, unless someone falls completely flat on their face, and frankly, even when they fall flat on their face, I don't always recognize that that's not supposed to be the way it is. Right. You don't know what, you don't know what that, that could have been there for the effect. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, you know, uh, and so we walk away feeling like we saw a perfect performance a perfect presentation, a perfect moment, and they feel like a failure because something wasn't. Right now, I I was. uh, (laughs) It just happened to remind me of when I was in middle school and I was in drama, and they were, one thing I cannot do is sing or dance. It's just, you know, I I don't think that I could ever even manifest that for myself. (laughs) I think... (laughs) There's some things that we are, you know, we're that that's what makes us each unique individual is that we have some right. of those talents that other people don't have. If we could all sing and dance, you know, it wouldn't. We probably wouldn't be watching American Idol. But <laughs> just remember, Bob, you can sing and dance. It just might not be what other people enjoy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> good point. <laughs> but, oh, good point. American Idol. The um, so we the play was a musical, and I remember my part. I needed to. I had you know one of the few parts in the play that did not require uh, singing, and but it did require dancing. And I remember we we just changed it because they tried to teach me the dance, and I just couldn't do it. So we kind of just made a joke of it, and we did change that dream, change that play to accommodate for my not being able to dance very well and we we turned it into something funny and something that didn't make light of me or make fun of me but made the character it really built upon that character what the my dancing deficiency had so you know you can turn things that are quote unquote a failure into something positive and something that gives enjoyment to other people as well yeah, that's like my dad chortling yesterday, you know, despite his concerns. Yeah, exactly. 
uh, Brian, that, I was telling Bob that my dad just has, you know, he, he's thinking totally about health issues at this point. And uh, finally, I, I, I was laughing. I mean, I, I wasn't laughing at him, but I, I was trying to get him to laugh. At, at some of his concerns, and so, and I just, I just hugged him, and I just held on and hugged him, and told him, hugged him until he started laughing too. <laughs> because you know what? In the end, it is what it is. It's just an experience. Yeah, it's just an experience. It's not going to change, and uh, you know, and and we each get to decide, as you said, Brian, how we're going to react to it. You know, what are we going to do? That's the key right there, Mara. The events in your life are not always chosen by you, but Mm -hmm. how you react to them is always Mm -hmm. your choice. Perfect. That's what life is about, is how do you choose to have it impact you? Yeah. And so when when we talk about lessons, I agree on a level that we were here for lessons. But I think, I know in my own mind at times, I had thought that to think of it that way meant that someone was telling us this is that this is a lesson we needed to learn. I yeah, I know that's a dharma par- karma stuff. I don't believe that, Brian. So no. go ahead. So what is true in my knowing is that we have chosen to come down here to have these certain experiences, and because we didn't fulfill, so to speak the lessons of our own choosing so that we could have that experience within ourselves, we have decided once again to come back to try again. But we were never forced to ever. We just wanted to, you see, we're, we're eternal beings. We're everything. And we can't know. If you're, let's, let's just say that you're a wall, and wall is all there is. How do you know floor if wall is all there is? Yeah. You see, so we How do you know to, light if you don't know dark? There you go. So if you, if you don't know, you know, you have to come down here and be what you're not so that you can experience yourself for who you truly are. And so that's all we've that's done is we've come down here to just experience ourselves. And so don't take it too seriously. No, it's just a dream of dreaming who you might be if you were in a physical form. That's true. You know, it's kind of the Kabbalah broken vase theory, you know, that we're... You know, that it was nice to have everything perfect, but there was nothing to compare it to, so it felt like nothing. Right. It just was. And so we, um, God decided uh, to break himself into millions of pieces, or, or love decided to break herself, or Allah decided to break uh, him or herself. I mean, it doesn't matter the ultimate being, the title given to it. It decided to divide into a million pieces, like breaking a giant vase. And then the pieces forgot who they were and spent their, and then they would come to reconnect, to remember, to rejoin. And that was the journey, making your way back to the realization that we are all connected as one vase. Yes. I love that story. It helps me understand. So, Bob, what are your thoughts on this? Um, Bob? I'm just kind of absorbing <laughs> it here, thinking, you know. I love your phone had disconnected again. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh, no, we've lost him. He's on the cell phone. <laughs> no, 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 I'm on a real, I'm on a landline. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> No, it's just so true. I mean, you know, we forget that we are all just one part of the all and that we really are the master of our own dreams and, you know, we may not, you know, and that we kind of beat up ourselves more than we need to most of the time and we judge ourselves and judge others and if we are judging others, of course, others are going to judge us. And if we stop judging others and stop judging ourselves and living in the moment that we'll realize that we are just one small piece in this big synchronistic life form energy source that that we call life. Well, I would like to change one thing you said there, Bob. Um, all, although everything you said there was absolutely true. Um, you did say that we 
um, beat ourselves up a little more than we need to. That's the thing. We never need to beat ourselves up at all. Right. But that was that was exactly to my point, that we beat up ourselves more than we need to. Not, okay, there you go. Exactly. Not need to. We, that we, we beat ourselves to. up despite the fact we shouldn't. <laughs> right. Yeah. If we, could, yeah. if we could just look at the thing and say, okay, that's not who I want to be, then we can, we can learn from it right then and there. But if we just beat ourselves up, then we're just reliving it over and over in our minds, saying, well, how could I right. do that? I'm such a rotten person. You know, if we just say, that's not who I choose to be while I'm here, then we can overcome it and, let it, and set it aside and no longer be that. And you know what, guys? I'm going to start Afshin's uh, prayer of change. And as I do that, I, I think that we, we've talked about this all on a very abstract level. So let's give some concrete examples to people of when you have done your best and you are feeling like a failure, what can you do to try to step past that feeling? You know, what are some of the things that can be done? Because knowing that you shouldn't, that you don't need to feel that way doesn't necessarily give someone a tool for stepping past it. So this is prayer of change. And I like the dynamics of this music. You hear it because it's excitement. It's like, oh, I can change this. I will give you as an example... I did give the example that when I'm caught in those times when I'm thinking, oh my gosh, why isn't everyone appreciating what I've done here? Look what I've done. It's so great. And I sense or feel that I'm not enough. Maybe no one is thinking that. I just feel that way. I then will say to myself, okay, you know, okay, love, what is there in this moment for me to learn? Teach me those lessons as I move forward. And I'm moving forward. So I, I set my mind in forward motion. I've decided I don't want to feel this way. I'm not holding on. So, Bob, what are, what are your thoughts? What could, concrete tool could you give people to help them when they're feeling in this moment? You know, to sit and, and breathe three times in and out and, and try to clear your mind, maybe light a candle and say, I'm taking all of this energy that I'm that I'm building up inside me that's not helping me move forward and helping me to be my highest self and just sit and meditate, clear your mind, take that out of your mind and think of, I always think of being an eagle and of everything and looking down at the trees and seeing beauty and not at, not looking forward and not looking back, just looking at that moment there. or. If you have Perfect. a plant, look at a plant and what how beautiful it is and how it they're in synchronicity with us and we're breathing for the plant and the breathing for us and have of that exchange of energy with the plant. You and you its energy into the plant and letting go and not thinking of what it is, just putting it out of your mind. Watch a lit yeah. candle, watch the flame move back and forth. Be enough. Perfect. Perfect. And Brian. That was wonderful, Bob. Um, you know, I can tell you that from my from my um, current understanding of who I am, when I catch myself in those times of thinking negative thoughts and of thinking that I might not be enough and I, that I might not be able to accomplish this, I just catch myself in that thought and I say, wait a second. That's a false idea of myself. And at, at that moment, I just go into my heart. And I know that in there, I'm always perfect, just the way I am. And the second I do that, it really does just go away. It's just, it, you know, it's like I lift the veil or all the smoke that was building up in my mind just dissipates as I see clearly now and I see the truth of who I am. And so I could suggest looking inside your heart when you might not feel that you are enough. Believe you are enough. Exactly. I agree. Very good. Thank you, Brian. You know, folks, I will tell you also that I find many times when I'm in chaos, I tend to attach a name to that chaos. So I say, uh, Brian makes me feel this way. Bob makes me feel this way. And the way I get away from that feeling that I would be perfect but for someone else's thoughts is I send them everything I want for myself. Love, 
happiness, safety, security, prosperity, companionship. And the very act of doing that releases me to be all I can be. Namaste, my friends. Peace be with you. Bob? We've got 10 seconds. Let love enfold you. Go out and be passionate, compassionate. Passion. Remember that compassion is not just thinking nice thoughts. A week and namaste. Brian? Just thinking of all of you listeners out there and all you wonderful beings in this world. Bring you peace, love, and joy to my heart. And I know that you are perfect just the way you are. And I thank you for being that perfect perfection that you are. Namaste. Thank you all. Peace be with you.